another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. Come for the story, stay for the sarcasm, and leave more confused than you were when you got here. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. How are you doing tonight, Leslie? I am not bad. I want to apologize right now. I have to have the fan on because it's so warm today and it was warm in my house. So if you hear like a little bit of a fan in the background, ceiling fan, that's what it is. And hopefully I can cut it out, but it's way too hot to not have it on. Indeed, it's quite warm. I think it was, uh, what was it, 103, 104 today? Really? Was it that high? I thought it was just like 100. But... Did you even leave the house? <laughs> but no my day was pretty good um just working working and then helping my mother-in-law get settled into the house still working on moving all her stuff from the old house so i'm gonna be really busy for the next couple of weeks not too busy to do recordings though oh no and i got some good stories oh really oh yes how about you how was your week it was okay just working just working. Yeah, I feel like it's that lull in the summer where it, it's not so much summer anymore, but it's not quite fall. But we're not in the heat wave yet, but it's coming. Like It's, it's almost like a lull in the summer. And it always right. happens to me at the end of July, beginning of August. I don't know. I, those, are the, those last two months before the fall season are like the worst ones. Yes. Like, like June and July, it's like nothing. It's like, nah, you know, the highest you get is like 90, 98 or something like that. And then all of a sudden August hits and it's like, hey, here comes 105. 115 for a week. Like, did you have any plans on leaving your house and doing anything? You might want to do it now because you're not going to want to do it in the next two months. Or you got to get up at 5 a.m. and do everything. Oh, right. It's like, I need to go to the grocery store. Let's see how, well, it's like Food Max is 24-7, right? <laughs> I'll just wake up at 4.30. You know what? I just won't go to bed. It's so true. I'll just go at 3 in the morning and do my grocery shopping. It's so true. And I know maybe we are kind of one of those, pe- like those people who are like, oh, it's so hard because it's hot while there's like hurricanes and a lot of stuff going on right now. But I want to say that with California, we get this heat, and then we get the fires, and that's that's part two of this summer. That's what I'm expecting in August. Oh yeah, yeah. the sm- the the smoky air and stuff. Yeah, where you just can't breathe. Do you, you you remember that? What was it that it was like a couple of years back, and like there was the fires that were so bad, like there was just ash falling from the sky like every day. Chris's work got to leave early because at like two o'clock because of the air quality being so bad because of the ash in the air. My work would not let us go that day when or when it was getting that bad. They would say, oh yeah, and the AC went out too. Like, so we had that, the AC wasn't working and they said, oh, well, you know, if the air's too bad here, we, we have masks we can provide you guys. I'm like, but we talk on the phone. It's crazy. Well, you know what I'm also, like, honestly looking forward to is I do look forward to sitting down and talking with you with legends and stories and scary stories. And I'm really getting excited that it's it's almost that, you know, win- fall, winter season where I'm just going to try to find all the ghost books and just learn about, like, every ghost story out there because i really need a good and if anyone out there has suggestions and i'm gonna have to put this out on instagram because i know we have some ghost hunters and writers of ghost stories and 
you know, I just really want a good book to sink my teeth into about a haunted or a haunted town, house, hotel, lake, whatever, because October's coming and that is going to be my jam with all my ghost stories. Damn right. <laughs> How about you? Are you getting excited for, you know, ghost stories, October, Halloween? I am to a certain extent. The way things are going right now, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of hard to really get into a lot of stuff because I know that I'm not going to get to leave my house to, to really do anything, but you know, it's still, it's still, I'm still looking forward to doing like some scary stories and, you know, get the, at least get the general vibe going. Well, speaking of stories, so tonight we have two new stories. Am I going first? You are going first. Okay, awesome. So today, funny story, speaking of summer, I was talking to um, this woman at work, my coworker, and she was telling me that she really wants, uh, we were talking about weekend plans, and she's basically going to spend some time with family out of town, and I want to go out of town so bad of course I'm not and she was telling me about Lake Tahoe and her favorite things and there's a town in um near Lake Tahoe about 75 miles it's a state park and when she said it I said oh yeah there's an there's an urban legend with that like I do I, I just like random facts and she said, oh, really? What's the legend? And I told her what the legend is. And she's like, oh, I've never heard of it. And then she kind of walks away. And I thought, you know what? You know what? I think Jay would like to hear this story, too. So tonight, I'm going to bring you the legend and the curse of Brody, California. Ooh. So what's funny about this legend is it's a hoax. In the sense that it was made up, but it's actually taken a life of its own. So it's a very interesting story to me. Mm. Well, let's hear it. Let's see what this legend's got. Okay. So my sources tonight are Wikipedia, Legends of America, and KQED. Bodie is a town in California in Mono County, and it's about 75 miles southeast of Lake Tahoe near um, Bridgeport. Now, like most towns in California, the town was established and boomed after gold was discovered in 1876. The town was named after W.S. Bodie, who died before the town was fully established. And it said that he died um, in a snowstorm. So he kind of had a Donner party. It looks like he got stranded in the storm while he was on a supply run. Did they end up eating each other? No, I think he was by himself. Oh, did he eat himself? I don't know, didn't say. Ooh. That's why he's a ghost. He ate himself. Actually, that's a good story, too, the Donner Party story, because I heard that area is haunted. I'll have to look into it. Maybe, maybe I'll do that next week. Okay, so the town was first a mining camp where gold, barren, ore attracted settlers. Some think that Bodie may have been one of the larger towns in California at the time. Of course, this is kind of a legend, too. But... It was a really big boom town. It was said that the gold mines produced over the years approximately 34 million in gold beyond Louion. The boom town had a Wells Fargo, fire companies or fire uh, volunteer fire stations, newspapers, a red light district, 65 saloons at its height, and even opium dens. 
So okay. it it was a really big like boom town. It wasn't just like, oh, we were here for a couple of years and then died off. The decline of the town happened in the 1910s. Around 1915, the population had dwindled, and in 1917, the railroad was abandoned. The last mine closed in 1942 due to World War II. In 1961, the town was designated a National Historical Landmark, and in 1962, it was announced to be a state park and was named California's official state Gold Rush Ghost Town. Mm. Today, the visitors can walk the streets of this town, relive in the past, seeing the buildings where their interiors remain as they once were. And they call it, they had a special name for it, and I didn't write it down. It's kind of like uh, Agent Decay or something decay, basically where they know it's kind of going downhill but they keep it up but they don't modernize it you know they don't put up you know drywall and be like hey here's oh they just do what they can to keep it from just disintegrating exactly where some towns they'll rebuild a building and they're like oh this is what it looked like it's not the original i've never been i kind of want to go now because uh i've seen other towns like this but i've never seen like a cool kind of ghosty town which Okay, so this place is called what you said. It's Bodie or Brody. Bodie, B O D I E. Why is it that when I when I hear that name, I think about like you know like it's something like a character in a movie, whereas like you know they say I got a guy, he does this and this or whatever, like he's a big dude drives a truck or something. His name Bodie and he does a bunch of stuff. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I've got a guy. It's like you got a guy. What's his name? His name is Bodie. <laughs> it does kind of sound like that. I was thinking it should be because this town is in the mountains in the, the foothills it to me it almost kind of sounds like a surfer kind of thing like i think that this town should be on the coast so where was i oh so you know visitors can walk the streets relive the past blah 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 so the rangers have asked that visitors do not take anything from the town uh to preserve it the historical aspect because they do have some of the items that were original from the 1900s and the in the 1800s like sir i'm gonna have to request you that you put that floorboard back where you found it no kidding there was an article and i think it was the kqed the article there was an article that said that someone stole a piano out of one of the um buildings it's a ballsy move isn't it i know right (laughs) how are they planning on getting away with that like they you know it's like hey you know what I feel accomplished that I made it outside of the store with this. You know, I just want them. I just want them to steal the piano and put it in the back of a truck, and then have someone like play the piano as the truck is leaving, like getaway music. (laughs) It's like, well, they'd stop chasing us if you quit playing that getaway music. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to have that in my head. If I ever make a movie, that's going to be in there. So, but people still, uh, like I said, people still do take from um, the town anything from bottles from the stores, the piano, to small pebbles from the street. Legend has it that if anything is taken from the town, then that person will be cursed with bad luck. The town or the person? The person. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, why would the town be cursed with more bad luck? <laughs> 
Well, what's funny is I so I that's the legend I heard, and I don't I don't remember where I heard it, but maybe because I grew up by there, I, I grew up in the north, so it was kind of one of those things that did get around back basically in the nineties, eighties, and nineties. Now I never knew this, but it's semi a hoax because what happened is, and this was in the article I read for um, KQED. It was the rangers, some ranger came up with this to tell people, yeah, don't do it because it's it's cursed if you do that. So people would stop stealing stuff. So they would discourage it. And I guess they just thought, like, hopefully people will discourage it and not take stuff. Well, of course, people still took stuff. And now the rangers are a little surprised because... Nobody's getting bad luck. Well, no. In 2018, a news report showed that Bodie and the park rangers get these cursed letters every week. And then they get so many that they actually have them on display in the museum they have there. Huh. And so these... Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Go on. I was oh. going to wait till you're done. So these cursed letters are basically letters that explain how the writer took something from the town and has nothing gone right since then. So then they ask for forgiveness and send the item they took back to the town, to the rangers to put into the town. One letter, for example, reads, Please find enclosed one weather-beaten old shoe. The shoe was removed from Bodie during the month of August 1978. My trial... Of misfortune is so long and depressing, it can't be listed here. Oh, goodness. Yeah. The letters report everything from bad luck, strange accidents, car trouble, to ghostly apparitions and poltergeist-like disturbances. Uh. So, like, I have a feeling that you just got a cursed object, not so much from the town, but in general. If you're seeing ghosts... You know what you do with that cursed object. Burn it? Yes. (laughs) Always. Well, according to these people, it looks like you sent it back to Bodhi. So, Uh, another letter reads, Sorry I took... And this is kind of a a lighthearted one. They said it was from a young reader. It says, Sorry I took the glass piece. I thought they were pretty. My fish died today. I feel so bad. I guess it runs the gambit, right? It was like, oh, you know, I've had poltergeist activity to somebody's goldfish died well and then it has some more serious letters um and these letters usually talk about uh, broken relationships one letter saying that their parents marriage broke up after visiting the town uh-huh. and the other ones explaining that loved ones um that loved ones came down with cancer and it just ranges the gambit some like i they had like four or five um in the article and some were like, like the fish one, lighthearted. Others were just like, please, please, please take this back. I stole this nail. I thought it was cool looking. I, I took this railroad spike. And one letter, I didn't write it down, but one letter said that they basically took something. I forgot what it said they took. And they had a flat tire, like two flat tires. And then the next day, like her husband's head got hit. Like it, it was just, it was just, these letters are so random. What if they just took, like, a bag of dirt? Mm, I guess they get a bag of dirt back. Well, I mean, like, say, like, I mean, how 
how bad is their bad luck if they just took like a little Ziploc bag full of dirt from the place or something. There was so the, the soil from Bodie. So there was one letter or one. So when I heard this this story, and I want to say I was at camp when I heard this story. The, the whole legend was that you couldn't remove anything and you had to be careful because the whole thing was you have to be careful if you go to the town because even if you accidentally took something, like maybe a rock got into your shoe. Sorry, that is my dog Baxter yawning. <laughs> <laughs> he's very cute. Chris calls him Baxter McDonald after Michael McDonald because he's smooth. Mm. Smooth operator. <laughs> but, uh, no, so the, the legend, the campfire story was this town will follow you even if you get dust and, you know, rocks in your shoes. See, that, that's just being ridiculous. Cause I well, mean, I was on. like I'd 10 like, at like, a time. It was a like, scary story like, at the time. I know, but I'll just be like, come on, Bodie. Now you're just being unreasonable. <laughs> I have dust in my shoe. Now you're going to haunt me for the rest of my days until I return what? the five grains of sand that got stuck in my shoe that day. <laughs> Screw you, Bodie. Screw you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, I, and, and another thing is, like, they say, like, bad luck, right? Luck is just probability, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So, like, you say, you take these, these cursed objects home, right? And then they say, oh, you're cursed with bad luck. Cause like, well, if it's all probability, then I have at least a 50, 50 shot of something bad happening to me or not. Well, so and, maybe I So maybe I'll keep that railroad spike. What are, what's Bodie going to do about it? 50% chance of something bad happening to me. Maybe 50% chance that nothing bad happens to me. Who knows? Well, and it is funny to say that in the same article I was reading that people do ask about the curse from the park rangers, but they don't push it anymore. Because they kind of are tired of the letters coming back. Like I said, they get it weekly. It, it talks about how the park ranger will go and get mail and guarantee there'll be packages and letters and envelopes full of dirt and rocks. And what's sad for them is they said that we don't know the history about where they found this. So they don't know. Where like, it goes oh, back at. Yeah, like one, so like I told you about the piano. Well, the people who took the piano heard about the curse and they brought the piano back. But because they don't know, the rangers don't know where it was at and what the history is behind it, it's kind of sitting in this, not warehouse, but I think in this um, saloon or it's it's sitting somewhere where, well, we just don't know the history behind it. And and that is sad because it would probably have been really interesting if it was... Oh, this was it was in this house, which was the old mayor's house, which was related to, you know, so-and-so. So I get what the Rangers, they don't want people to take stuff cool. Back in the 70s, sounds like they made a, a little, you know, fun curse. And now they're just tired of the curse because yeah. so many people are sending stuff back because they believe in it. And is it like a collective belief and you almost kind of self-fulfilled prophecy? You know what I mean? So anyway, but th that's the last thing. And like I mentioned, the letters are, um, you can see the museum, uh, the letters in the museum. And uh, I just thought it was really f like a fun type of story. And I might visit Brody. I'm sorry, not Brody. I might visit Bodie again because in my research, there's actually some 
real hauntings that people reported. Ghosts that name and still, that name still sounds like somebody's moonshine running cousin. <laughs> Come on, Bodie. Like, get in the truck, Bodie. We gotta get away for the cops. <laughs> but that's it. That's the curse of Bodie, the ghost town in California. Very yeah it's a fun one i i like it i think it's fun because i like to read the letters i i go on and find articles just so i could read the letters they they took something back and they said they wrote a letter right and they said just to let you guys know i took this uh i took this this smoking pipe from <laughs> again that was baxter place. sorry right okay so like i took this smoking pipe and got home and i won the lottery so I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> Curse nothing. I'm rich now. Well, I wonder if anyone's like, I also wonder if that curse came up because if there was any gold still around. Because mm, the only reason yeah. they shut it down was because of World War II and there was like a decree saying to shut down these mines if they weren't for the war effort. So it, that it, they just never came back to the town. There could still be gold in them Nar Hills. I know. That's what I was thinking. Maybe that's why people were taking the rocks. Mm. If I polish this turd enough, it'll turn into gold. <laughs> but anyway, so that's Bodie. And where are you taking us tonight? I'm taking a, taking you everybody to jolly old England. Specifically Victoria-era England. Who wants to hear me do this whole story in, a, in an English accent? I do, I do. Nah, I don't want to lose viewers. <laughs> they will lose downloads if I do that. It'll just be terrible. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. You know, when you told me you were doing this, and we talked about this, I always thought he was in the late 1800s. I never knew he was in, what, you said 1830s? 1830s, yeah. I never knew it that. Was, it was before Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper was like literally, I think, turn of the century. That's so interesting. Okay, so I'm all ready. I can't wait to, like, I really enjoy when I don't know. Like the one you did last week of the Hat Man, I thought I knew it. And then when he told me, I was like, oh, I did not know about the Hat Man. I'm a hat man. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, so for those of you who do not know, Spring-Heeled Jack is an entity within English folklore of the Victorian era. First claim sightings were, just like, I, like we were just talking about, were there in the uh, early, uh, early 1830s, about 1837, all over Great Britain, and were especially prevalent in, the, in suburban London, the Midlands, and Scotland. So there are many theories about the nature and identity of Spring-Heeled Jack, this urban legend was very popular in its time, to the point of being the topic of several works of fiction. It was described by people who claimed to have seen him as having a terrifying and frightful appearance, with a diabolical physio physiognomy, including clawed hands and eyes that resembled, quote, red balls of fire. Ooh, creepy. One report claimed that beneath a black cloak, he wore a helmet and a tight-fitting white garment like an oil skin. Somebody may clue me in on what an oil skin is, because I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it kind of sounds like maybe like a, like a unitard of some sort, maybe? It, yeah, like a, like, that. like a cloak. So kind of think of like what we would call like a slicker today. Mm -hmm. It just, it's, it's an outerwear 
that doesn't, um, it kind of repels water. Ah, okay. So the stories also mention that he has a devil-like aspect. Others say that he was tall and thin with the appearance of a gentleman. Was he wearing a top hat? Doesn't, well, it just said a helmet, so no. No top hat. I was he's, gonna not the, he's, he's not the hat man. I was going to say, another guy with a top hat. I don't know if I want to trust men in top hats now. You really shouldn't. Because I think, didn't, didn't Jack the Ripper wear a top hat? They think. Maybe Jack the Ripper is the hat man. Ooh. Ooh. Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> so he had the appearance of a gentleman. Several reports mentioned that he could breathe out blue and white flames and he wore sharp metallic claws at his fingertips. <sighs> creepy, creepy. He was preceded uh, in the early, early, early 1800s by other types of ghost stories that people believe that were the basis for what eventually became the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. They were preceded by reports of ghosts that were human-like and pale, who stalked and preyed on pedestrians. In 1803 and 1804... Reports of both the Hammersmith ghost on the western fringes of London and the Southampton ghost in 1824, the latter of which were reported as assaulting individuals in the night. This particular spirit also bore many characteristics of Spring-Heeled Jack and was reported as jumping over houses and being over 10 feet tall. See, that is the part that I remember hearing about. Yeah. The first alleged sightings were, again, in 1837, October of 1837 to be specific, by a girl named Mary Stevens who was walking to Lavender Hill where she worked as a servant after visiting parents in Battersea, British places, and their crazy names for stuff. (laughs) I think they're cute. So on her way through Clapham Common, I said that right, a strange figure leapt out, from, leapt at her from the, from a dark alley. After immobilizing her while touching her flesh with his claws, which, according to her deposition, were cold and clammy, like those of a corpse. In a panic, she screamed, making the attacker quickly flee from the scene, which also attracted a group of a group of other pedestrians who tried to see if they could, you know, catch the attacker. But he was long gone by the time they got there. The next day, the leaping character chose a very different victim near Mary Stevens's house, which would also set up a pattern of attacks that became much more common in the Spring-Heeled Jack reports, in which he jumped in the way of a passing carriage, causing the coachman to lose control, crash, and severely injure himself. Several witnesses claimed that he escaped by jumping over a nine-foot-high wall while cackling with a high-pitched, ringing laughter. Kind of sounds like something out of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. The judge. Yeah. Yeah, and he had the springs in his. I wonder if they based that off him. That'd be funny. That would be funny. So the police never dismissed any of these stories, and even the Duke of Wellington, though aged nearly 70, went out armed on horseback to hunt and kill the monster. The army in 1870 set traps to catch him after scared sentries reported being terrified by a man who sprang onto the roof of their sentry box. These are military people, too. I mean, not that you could really say, like, oh, just because they were in the military, they weren't just seeing things in the night or making things up. But that's kind of interesting how you had both the, the, 
common folk who were saying, oh, we saw this. And then you had people, you know, sentries in the military and armies and policemen actually setting traps for, like, doing, trying to catch this thing. You have the Duke of Wellington, and he's famous for his military prowess against Napoleon. So it's like, okay, I'm going to capture this guy who's going around London. This is really interesting. And you said it started in the 1830s, but we're also in, like, it sounds like it started in 1803, and now we're in the 1870s. This is a long legend. Mm -hmm. Also in 1870, angry townsfolk in Lincoln are reported to have shot, or were reported to have shot him in the street, but he just laughed and bounded away, leaping over fences and even small buildings. He was last seen in 1904 at Everton in Liverpool, bounding up and down the streets, leaping from cobbles to rooftops and back. He vanished into the darkness when some brave souls tried to corner him, and he has not been seen since that day. Wow, what a cool legend. You said, where was that at? Where was the place he was last seen? The last one was seen in 1904 at Everton in Liverpool. So this is what's weird, is Liverpool has those time slips. What would be creepy is, why don't if like, he is a traveler from a different time, and that's how he got to England, is these time slips? Or he's an interdimensional being. Ooh. Ooh. Good theories. So that is the legend of Springhale Jack. <laughs> yeah, Dad I never... Bro. I knew it was... I thought it was like a thief who used to... I mean, I knew he bound on... They called him Springhale because he, he would go from rooftop to rooftop. I always thought he was a thief. I didn't know he was almost like a ghost-like figure. Like considered like a phantom or Phantom, a yeah. Or yeah, with... And then he attacked a woman. That's that's awful. But it's one of those things where it happened for so long. Was, was it multiple people? Could have been one person? Or was it just a legend? Was it, again, one of these boogeyman legends to kind of like, again, what we talked about, like the babysitter and the man with the hook, even the Alice Killens, is it just a legend to kind of tell people, be on guard? Could be. Oh, I love legends. You know, this is the reason why, because I love learning about it. I love talking about it. I love sitting and thinking about it. But that was my Legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. Hope everybody enjoyed. Well, thank you. That was a good one. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think we did a pretty nice episode tonight, and... Again, I want to thank everyone for listening. We had some exciting news for the first time. I mean, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. First time ever, because we're just a small little hobby podcast with of two friends who like to talk, who like to drink coffee, who like to try to scare each other or just tell stories that we think are interesting. And one of our episodes hit over a thousand downloads and that's the first time ever for us so we're really excited thank you guys so much for listening and sharing and sending us your stories and commenting on facebook and instagram like we really appreciate it we have fun and we hope you have fun yes we really appreciate all the love and support that you guys show us just through through the downloads and everything so yeah thank you for that 
And with that, um, tonight, our legendary listener shout-out, it's actually going to go to an area, again, our statistics, I think, kind of group areas together. It's going to go to an area that actually, I don't know, I don't know anyone in this area, which is kind of exciting because, you know, hometown, town with my family lives in, that can explain why all of a sudden the numbers jump. But we have so many downloads from this area. I don't know, but I just want to give them some love. So so tonight, our legendary listener shout out goes to Harrisburg, Lancaster, Lebanon, York, Pennsylvania. So, like I said, it all kind of gets together. I don't know if it's, it's a suburb or if it's like little towns, but that whole area has gotten so many downloads that they're like number two in the most downloads in the U.S. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. And honestly, if you guys have any legends, I don't think we've done anything in Pennsylvania, so would love to learn some. Well, I'm talking. Speaking to those Pennsylvania Dutch, you know you got some crazy stories over there. All right, well, you want to take us home? Yes, indeed. This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. You're curators of the creepy and purveyors of the paranormal. We thank you and good Good night. night.